Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Anna Staver, and this is Ohio Politics Explained, a podcast where you give us 15 minutes and we give you all the news you need to sound smart and impress your friends when you go out this weekend. Welcome to a special episode of Ohio Politics Explained, the special election edition, part two. Ohio has a big decision to make on August 8th. Voters are being asked whether they want to make it harder to change the state's constitution. For the last hundred years, amendments to our founding document have needed to win approval from a simple majority of Ohioans. That's 50% plus one vote. But that could change August 8th if voters decide they want to raise that bar to 60%. The choice will impact all kinds of issues coming before us, but the most obvious one is a proposed amendment to protect access to abortion that's expected to be on the ballot in November. It's a big deal, and it's August, so Haley B. Miller and I, the reporter covering this issue for our team, decided that we should have two special OPE episodes to help our listeners decide whether they want to support or oppose issue one. So Haley is here with me in studio. Special OPE podcasts are my favorite, so (laughs) happy to do it. And since today we're diving into why you might want to vote no and keep the current method of 50% plus one vote, we have Jen Miller, the executive director for Ohio's League of Women Voters. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. So Jen, why don't you start by telling us why someone would vote no on issue one? What's your elevator pitch to voters? (laughs) Well, it's unfair. It's undemocratic. It's unnecessary. It's already incredibly hard to amend the Constitution. It's not overused, um, but this would end majority rule in which 40% of voters could block what the majority of Ohioans want. And it also would make it incredibly hard just to get an issue on the ballot uh, because we would have even more arduous uh, signature requirements. You know, supporters of issue one say it should be hard to amend the Constitution and policy like abortion, marijuana, even casino gambling don't belong in the document. Do you disagree? So the first point is that it already is hard. Um, The League of Women Voters thinks that our Ohio Constitution is a sacred document. It is the people's document, Um, but it is a living document. It's different than the U.S. Constitution, which really gives most of its powers and authorities kind of designates that to states. And so it makes sense that state constitutions would be much bigger, much longer. Something like casinos, we already fixed that problem in 2015 when we voted and approved a constitutional amendment that would make it illegal for monopolies or other small groups of businesses to use the Constitution for their financial advantage. I want to note that in 2015, that constitutional amendment that that really protects our Ohio Constitution from special interests only passed by about 51 percent. So if this had been in place, voters would not have been able to approve that. But also in our 111 or 112 years that we've had this right here in Ohio, um, it has uh, we've only approved about 25 percent of constitutional amendments. And so it's incredibly difficult. Voters are expensive. It's very expensive. 
It takes a lot of signatures just to get on the ballot. And then it takes a lot of money to pass already. If, if issue one were to pass in August, what it's going to mean is that only deep pocketed groups are going to be able to amend the constitution. Groups like the League of Women Voters or other citizen groups, this is going to make it impossible for us. And the Ohio constitution has, uh, is a living document and Ohio voters have used the Ohio Constitution to improve our daily lives with things like pensions for war veterans, integrating the National Guard with people of color and women, constructing 1,200 schools. uh, Didn't they ban smoking indoors? (laughs) So many different things that have been done through the Ohio Constitution and through citizen initiatives. And that's why this is a special election for special interests. It's special interests who have asked for this um, and special interests who continue to push for this because everyday folks like, you know, the League of Women Voters, firefighters, teachers, nurses, faith leaders, there are so many organizations who are against this because we understand that when special interests are only pushing this because they can control politicians, they can't control us. And by making constitutional amendments harder for Ohio citizens, it really is taking power away from Ohioans in our ability to hold the legislature accountable when they're acting out of our own interests or needs. Something we talked about in the um, first part of this that we did was kind of the initiated statute and the differences between initiated statute and amendments. And I think one of the things that you'll hear proponents say is, you know, Citizens, if they want to take something to the ballot, they have this initiated statute process, which is where your groups are essentially proposing a law instead of a constitutional amendment. But at the same time, the initiated statute process is also very difficult. It's, you know, subject to ultimately subject to the whims of the legislature, because if an initiated statute passes, they can technically repeal or change it. So, um, you know, folks like Jen and some other opponents of this have said, Like, okay, if you want citizens using the initiated statute process more, then, you know, let's reform that process. And um, the Constitutional Modernization Commission talked about that back in the day, um, kind of in tandem with the debate over what to do with constitutional amendments. So it's it's kind of convoluted because Ohio has does have a lot of different ways for citizens to bring things to the ballot. And all of those things are very complicated and difficult for people to do. Yeah, so I, I can talk about that for a minute. We, for a long time, have suggested that the best way to protect the Constitution is actually to ease the citizen-initiated statutory process. And so that means the way that Ohio citizens can change laws. You are right. It costs a lot to do a um, citizen-initiated statute as well. Um, it takes a lot of signatures and then Ohioans could overwhelmingly approve an issue and the General Assembly could just overwrite it immediately. And so what we are saying is if we want to protect the Constitution, issue one in August is not it. All it does is make the Constitution for sale to only those who have the deepest pockets. The best way to protect the Ohio Constitution and at the same time preserve the rights of Ohio citizens to make policies that improve our lives would be to improve the citizen-initiated process through fewer signatures and what would be a safe haven. So if Ohio voters approve a policy overwhelmingly, 
the legislature would not be able to turn that overturn that within so many years. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And speaking of special interests, I wanted to talk a little bit about the August element of this election, right? So they have decided to do a special election. We we don't normally have, well, we no longer have elections in August because the legislature got rid of them last year because they said they were expensive and incredibly low turnout. So do you think special interests played a role in choosing to go in August? Well, I mean, they were trying to get this passed last year and the coalition of hundreds of organizations defeated that, right? They tried to get it on the primary ballot and our coalition of hundreds of organizations defeated that. I think that they finally decided to put it on the August election because they couldn't get it done elsewhere. And it is true that they are trying to sneak this by. They are hoping that Ohio voters will not know that there is an election and therefore will not participate. And that's why we call this a special election for special interests. It's not like Ohio voters have asked for this election. It's special interests who have put something on the ballot that would ultimately silence Ohioans from passing policies that benefit our lives. If we were going to have this conversation, do you feel like it would have been more appropriate for, say, a November ballot or even a November 2024 ballot when we know we're going to have massive turnout? Absolutely. When this was being debated, this idea of of getting rid of most August special elections in December, many, many folks, Republicans and Democrats, were talking about how we can get skewed election results when we have so few people showing up. Never in our 200-year history as a state has the legislature put before such an issue of great importance before voters in an August special. We have always decided these major issues in a regularly scheduled elections because then we know we are getting a better cross-section of Ohioans and we can be sure that the policy that passes truly represents the will of the people. It's particularly disdainful that they would bring this amendment forward in an August election. Again, a lot of people won't know that there is one. A lot of people will be on vacation. And ultimately, they're trying to trick Ohio voters into voting our rights away. And that's why it is so critical that everyone is doing their part to first make sure folks know that there's an August election, Second, that they know that ID laws have changed and polling locations may have changed. And third, that they understand that their rights are on the line and that if issue one in August passes, it will fundamentally change Ohioans' ability to uh, have a check on power when the Ohio state government is acting outside of our interests. And, you know, with the August election law that you guys mentioned, you know, there, I think, remains some debate. Um, at least among groups on both sides of this, about whether the August election was legal because of that new election law. The Ohio Supreme Court, it's worth noting, you know, did decide that the election was legal, that the legislature was in within their rights to declare it, and they cited. So there are a couple different ways that the legislature has power to set elections. 
one of them's in the Constitution. Um, it gives them the ability to set special elections for proposed amendments like the one going on the ballot in August. So the Republican majority on the Supreme Court decided, you know, that alone gave them the right to set this election. Democrats on the court disagreed. They said, you know, the legislature has to um, abide by the laws that it creates, essentially. So, you know, the matter is settled in court, whether it's settled in greater society, I'm not sure. But, um, you know, that just just a side note there. Yeah, this. Well, I think issue one has been controversial in almost every way, like getting it out of the legislature, particularly getting it out of the House was a huge lift. They took out the August special election just to get it to the floor and then they put it back in. And then there was a question of whether we could have it. There was a question of whether the ballot language was fair, whether the election was fair in August. Like there's just I mean, I feel like this thing has been like a political third rail the like entire time that we've debated it. It really has. And, um, you know, you mentioned the problems in the House. I mean, there were Republicans who said, you know, we just limited August elections because of X, Y, Z. Why are we doing this now? But a lot of them ultimately supported um, what was then known as Senate Joint Resolution 2 because, you know, they supported this effort to get the kind of larger effort to get this on the ballot um, before the abortion amendment in November. I think everyone's initial goal was May, but that clearly went by the wayside. And I did want to talk a little bit about abortion. It's kind of the elephant in the room in this conversation. Um, Do you think the uh, obviously right now we had signatures submitted to ask the question whether we want a constitutional amendment to protect abortion access here in the state that will likely be on the ballot in November. Do you know, we spoke with uh, Representative Brian Stewart, who supports this measure, and he said it's not about abortion. Uh, Do you feel like it is about abortion, at least for some Republicans? I think it's interesting that um, the lawmaker said that because he actually was trying to convince other lawmakers to support this joint resolution that would constrain our ability to amend the Constitution and linked it directly to abortion. We've heard um, Secretary Frank LaRose do the same thing. I think this is completely about abortion and completely about other things as well. And what I mean by that is the only reason to rush an August election is this idea that an abortion amendment would be harder to pass in the fall. But we need to keep in mind that this is a tradition that Ohioans have had for over a century. When we got the right to amend the Constitution, even Teddy Roosevelt came to the Ohio State House because our Ohio State House was so corrupt. And the idea being that Ohioans needed the ability to pass policies that better our lives. We needed the ability to check the power of corrupt state government. And so, yes, this is about abortion. But if someone is anti-abortion, they should vote no. But that doesn't mean we should change the rules of the game for all of us. It's also about good government reforms. It's also about statewide bond issues. A lot of people don't realize that statewide bond issues are constitutional amendments because we have a debt limit of $750,000, which I don't think would build even one bridge these days, right? (laughs) So it's about so many issues. And so what, what I'm asking Ohio voters to do is to recognize that this is a, a overreach in power. Um, we have fought for this right, and we've had it for a century to determine our own futures through constitutional amendments. And we cannot be silent at this moment because the very foundation of our democracy, the very foundation of voting, the very foundation of majority rule here in Ohio is at stake. 
Well, and I do think, you know, to Jen's point, it is about other issues. And Republicans have said it is about other issues. You know, there's a possible minimum wage hike that's going to be on the ballot in 2024. There's been a lot of talk about more redistricting reform since the last uh, map making process for 2022. And I think everyone on you know, both sides of this debate can agree that we are seeing more movement at the ballot, not just in Ohio, but in other states across the country in recent years. You know, that's become, I think, a bigger tool than it has historically because of... Um, well, especially since the Dobbs decision. Right. We've seen a number of states do constitutional amendments on abortion access. Right. And especially when, you know, you have gerrymandering on both sides. I mean, Republicans do it, Democrats do it. You know, a lot of people in other states increasingly feel like uh, ballot initiatives are one of the only tools that they have. And one more thing before you go. The deadline to register to vote in the August election is July 10th. And if you're already registered, don't forget to bring a valid state ID when you go to the polls. Ohio's new voter law requires one. Ohio Politics Explained is brought to you by the USA Today Network Ohio Bureau. You can find us on Twitter at Ohio Explained. And if you want to learn about any of the topics we covered today, check us out online at any of the newspapers in our network, like cantonrep.com. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.